0: Three, two, one. Very excited to be joined today by Ben Golub. He's the CEO of Storage Labs and we are gonna talk about decentralized storage, how to build decentralized applications, and why working with Web3 might just be a better way of working with technology for somebody, anybody, everybody out there. Ben, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. That's my absolute pleasure. I'm humbled that you're here with us. For those people who don't know you, if you could just give your brief introduction. You've had an interesting journey to Web3. So if you could let the people know who you are, the work that you do, and then we'll get into more details on the show.
1: Great. So I, I'm Ben Gollop. I have spent most of my life in startups. So this is now my eighth startup, fourth as CEO. So I started out with Web 1.0, Web 2, and of course now Web 3. And immediately prior to Coming to storage, I was a CEO of Docker, which for those who aren't familiar, basically sort of kicked off the containerization revolution. But, you know, if you will, sort of enabling you to sort of build, ship, and run any program anywhere, right? It allows you to decompose it into, into multiple interlocking things. And of course, that was sort of largely on sort of a runtime, if you will, right? This is more storage, but the same general trend. Right? As, I, as I said to you earlier, I, I'm trying to re- recursively justify my life. Um, basically, I think it, it, it's all about pushing things. To the end sort of you know separating hardware from you know the things people really want to do
0: amazing and very very impressive docker if again i think most people who work in technology have either used docker heard of docker or love docker and are constantly yeah. trying to get docker into their lives more continuous integration continuous development is a huge part of making yeah. applications and systems better and easier to run yeah. and that you have chosen to move from a, a place like that that is enabled let's call it the web two side or the traditional yeah. side of applications to run better, more composable, easier, more right. modular, to then come to storage and start applying your trade in web three, I think is a really interesting move and a very important one that we have people with your level of experience stepping into to this particular technology sphere. I think it's huge. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I,
1: I, I think it is, it is such an important development for, for, for the world. Right. And I think actually even, even back in the Docker days, right, we, There were certain problems that we knew about data, right? Data tends to have gravity and it doesn't tend to move. And it's also just growing exponentially, right? I mean, the fun cocktail party stat you can use is that the world last year created enough data that if you tried to store it on CD-ROMs, remember those, (laughs) you know, millimeter thick. If you tried to take out the amount of data the world created last year and store it on CD-ROMs, you'd get a stack of CD-ROMs that go to the orbit of Mars and most of the way back. And it's growing 23% a year, right? So, so. Finding a way to securely, intelligently, cost-effectively, environmentally, responsibly store that data and make it available is is a huge problem. And and I think decentralization is really the only answer. Ben,
0: let's get started on the importance of decentralized storage. So you started mentioning that obviously we're not going to try and store all of the world's data with a CD-ROM. We're probably nope. not trying to <laughs> put on a not. pen drive either. The, <laughs> yeah. the amount of data we are creating is growing exponentially, whether that be the kind of online transactions between individuals and companies, business to business, business to government, whether that's now device-generated transactions, machine-generated transactions, yeah. AI-generated transactions, right? We're only going to see more ways that data is going to be flowing between parties. And because of some of the challenges of the way that either from regulatory reasons or from architectural reasons, we manage data, It all gets stored somewhere, or for the most part, it is cached, stored, required to be maintained, and we've seen proliferation of regulation around that as well. Talk to us about what inspired you to come into the sphere of decentralized storage and why you find it's important.
1: Sure, absolutely. Right, so you know it starts with what we've just been talking about, right? The amount of data is is exploding, and you know the importance of the data is exploding too, right? So, So clearly, a lot of that. 143 zettabytes is cat videos or other stuff that you don't you know, perhaps the world doesn't care about but there's also the cure for cancers in there right and the and and clean energy is in there right and the answer to uh, a lot of the world's problems is in there right and so so we want to be able to make sure that that the data can be stored but I mean there are also a few other things that are happening right increasingly the, that data is not created in a data center that data is created at the edge right it's created on devices it's it gathered from the edge. it's consumed at the edge we're consuming this Everybody who's consuming this show is consuming it at the edge. Right. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, we have sort of this weird thing where data is growing about 23% a year and the predominant model for data storage these days, which is with a, you know, a, an Amazon or a Microsoft or a Google, the price of that has not come down materially in about seven years. So there's, there's a huge mismatch there already. There's a huge mismatch in data wanting to be at the edge and it being, uh, stored in the center. Right. Uh, there's a huge mismatch in terms of privacy issues. There's also a huge mismatch in terms of environmental issues. And, and if, if the way we store uh, data doesn't change, it will go from, it could be as high as 14% of world carbon in the next 10 years, which would make it a bigger contributor than agriculture. Right. So, so, So the sort of thing where I think we need to solve things. Meanwhile, dirty secret, most of the drives in the world are about 20% full. And we know that if we could somehow fill them up, you could do so for no electri- no additional cost, no additional almost no additional electricity, no almost no additional carbon, be much lower cost, but also be faster and be more secure and be closer to the edge. So all the things that people want from a sort of a computer science perspective, as well as an economic perspective, as well as a, as a science perspective. And so all we had to do at storage when I started five years ago was figure out how could you actually do that, you know, harvest and sort of create the Airbnb of, of storage, if you will. And that's what, we, that's what we've been working on.
0: Got it. So you've got a democratization story. You've got an efficiency story. You've got a scalability problem with the current architectural model and a whole bunch of things besides. Uh, right. So for those who haven't come across storage and various other, I guess, variations on decentralized storage models, it's not the only one out there, but we are here to talk about storage today. There are some material differences also in, in data models and how data is. Stored, sure, sure. But talk us through how you guys do it because I'm fascinated to know more and to help people level up on how this actually works.
1: Sure, sure. So let me just start with maybe an, an analogy, right? So so as you and I are, are talking, right, you know, what we are saying is being broken up into packets, and those packets are going around the world across routers and bridges, and you don't care who they, who's running them, I don't care who's running them, right? As long as they're getting compensated, they don't care what's going across them, right? And yet that has proven to be massively scalable, massively better than if you're old enough remembering what it was like when you had to wait until Sunday evening to make a long-distance phone call because <laughs> otherwise... British Telecom or AT and T or whoever right was charging a lot right so what we do is that we have we enable almost any drive in any data center or or even basement right to be to take its spare capacity and rent it out to us so again it's sort of like Air, Airbnb except instead of renting out your room in your house you're renting out spare rooms and spare sort of capacity on your disk drive and then what we do is that any file that's going to come to our network is first encrypted so it's scrambled with keys that we don't have. Nobody running disk drives has. It's only the end user has, right? Then we chop it up into little pieces and we chop it up in a special way so that, you know, for every chunk, we, we create 80 pieces of which any 29 can be used to put it back together. So I'll say it again, 80 pieces of which any 29 can put it back together. And then each of those 80 pieces goes and sits on a different drive run by a different person, different network, different part of the world, different power supply, you name it. And doing things that way and ends up, Doing a lot of the great things that we talked about, right? So that you know if you're running a drive, you just have extra space and you just get extra little encrypted blobs so you don't care about it, right? It 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 can't do any harm to you, right? It, it it's not like a bad guest if you're running a an Airbnb renting out an Airbnb, right? Similarly, we only need twenty-nine out of those eighty pieces. So if you know, you know, normally if you store data on one drive and your cat, you know. Spills over your drink, you know. You you've lost the file, right? Or 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 if there's a fire or a flood or whatever, we've we've created something so that you know we could lose all of Western Europe due to a power outage, right? Or all of the West Coast of the U.S., right? Or or even you know you know all of Eastern Europe, and we wouldn't lose data, right? So we're at the point right now where we've never lost a file. And the only thing that would cause us to lose a file, or, uh, lose a file, would be something like an asteroid. In which case. We're probably not the biggest problem. At that
0: point, we've got (laughs) higher order issues to deal with.
1: Higher order issues to deal with. Right. But also that same thing means that we're faster, right? So if if you're viewing a video that's being streamed off of us, it's coming to you from the twenty-nine fastest uh, drives, right? So, you know, if if I'm in if if I'm in Burbank, it's gonna come from different places than if I'm in Birmingham or Brisbane or Bangalore, right? It's all gonna come from different places, right? So we end up being globally faster. And then because we are using spare capacity, it's it's much cheaper, right? It, it's profitable for people who are renting it out and, and we can be much lower cost as well.
0: Got it. So you've got some of the traditional kind of principles of redundancy or kind of preventing redundancy of accessibility right. of kind of switching between locations to improve performance, right? Absolutely. with traditional cloud. Absolutely right. A Except sense.
1: in the traditional cloud, right, they, they tend to create copies, right? So, you know, you, you have a copy in in the us and a copy in the uk and a copy in australia and a copy in sao paulo and in our case we take we basically take the same file break it up into lots of pieces and spread it globally which means it's fast globally as well and a lot fewer copies
0: and the good news is that as a result then we can protect your cat videos from everything bar- barring armageddon and, and I barring armageddon
1: yes and 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 we also can keep them much private much more private right because all that is ever sitting on any drive that somebody might compromise is an encrypted one 29th of what you'd need to actually find it, right? Indeed. And so you've got some diversity is better, well. right? Yeah.
0: Fantastic. I'm going to put up the comment from Juliet here who said, no disparaging of cat videos. Cat videos equals joy. So Absolutely. clearly, I, I,
1: I love cat videos. Actually, I'm a dog person, but you know, I, <laughs> I love pet videos.
0: I was about to ask, because we've had at least three cat references now and a several Airbnb analogies. So the, there's, there's definitely some sort of kind of- Yeah, no, I have owner a, with a traumatic experience in my life
1: <laughs> where I rented out a, a, an Airbnb and, and there had been a, a male cat there had it had sprayed and, you know. And, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this is how we come up with analogies in business people. It's from, our, it's from trauma in our past lives. Absolutely, um, <laughs> absolutely. Very good. And so how does the average person come across storage? Because I think there's an analogy here, maybe also with Brave Browser. Right, people. Mm-hmm. People learned a little bit about sharing data, or democratizing, or, or sharing access to some of their hardware, their browsing experience, and so on. And they can they can plug in, they can use mm-hmm. a particular piece of software, and as a result, they get rewarded for that. How does it right. work with storage? So storage is
1: is uh, slightly different. We you know uh, we are more of a B two B. So you know, we sit behind video sites, and we sit behind photo sites, and we sit behind people backing up you know, databases and financial data or, you know, genomic data or physics data, right? So people, we're really good at large data sets that need to get to large people all around the world. And that could be a video, that could be, but, you know, for the most part, as a as a consumer, if we're doing our job right, you don't know that we're behind it because it's it's faster and cheaper and it makes the service that you're using faster, cheaper, better, more secure, all the other good things.
0: Got it. And, yeah, I, I suspected, as you said that, the play here is probably not to democratize a very small amount of data in a very large number of computers because the logistics of that the marketing of that the management of that is kind of unfathomably complicated yes our customers tend to be
1: people who have big data sets right uh um.
0: indeed and then i guess on on so that's on the kind of demand side on the supply side then are you looking at kind of providers who large providers of storage or large providers of capacity to help
1: we have a mix. you know for us, what we want a drive to be is you know competently run and always on. And ideally, it's a drive that's already been built, already been spun and powered and cooled, and so we're just using up you know the space that isn't currently being occupied. And so we have twenty two thousand node operators in over a hundred countries, you know, some large, some small, but we also have, you know, universities that have spare capacity or, or data centers that have spare capacity. Almost every drive in the world is, is again, only 30% full or less. Right. right and, and it takes I mean, exactly sure. as much energy to spin that drive, whether the ones and zeros are in one direction or another. Right. So
0: that's a good analogy and something for people to remember that, right? The drive is spinning. It's what's on the drive that matters. So yeah. while it's already spinning, you're making sure that you're still using the capacity Yeah. and, and I mean, how did you get to a hundred? different countries' worth of providers? Is that something that you deliberately looked for capacity in different places? Was that a kind of a just a uh, factor yeah. of people engaging with the idea?
1: So I think it's a matter a, a manner of people engaging with the idea. I mean, you know, you know we certainly do do some sort of posting in in fora right if, if we suddenly see oh wow we've, we've got a huge spike in demand from Brazil let's try and get some more Brazilian nodes right or, or, or Australia right you know but for the most part the growth of the supply has been very organic and it, and it's a great deal for the people who are running the nodes right they' they've got spare space and you know without doing much work at all they can suddenly start having a you know a passive income stream coming in and that's great and it really it's really great for for businesses that have a lot of spare space and then on the demand side it's it's offering a great Product that is for many many use cases radically better than the alternative, and I, I know you want to talk about what it takes for decentralization to work. And the short answer is, it's got to be better. That's it. It can't, it can't just be cooler case. because it's decentralized. It's got to be better because it's decentralized 100%. and cheaper and faster and all those other things.
0: Hundred percent. And you've got and you've got two sides of the story as well, right? So on the demand side, right, the people who are hosting applications or want applications to consume data, mm-hmm. they've got they've got to believe that the the proposition works whether it's a decentralized application or not right. on the other side the guys have got to believe that, that they're going to get enough of a reward for the amount of storage they provide and so there's probably got to be enough of a large demand right. for them and enough of a reward for that passive income to be meaningful
1: absolutely right so, so we, we sort of have always said here you know if you use another analogy i'll stop using airbnb because you're tired of that so i'll use you know <laughs> uber you need enough drivers and you need enough passengers and if you have too many drivers They're upset because there's, you know, there's not enough passengers to go around. And if you have too many passengers and not enough drivers, then the the passengers get upset because waiting a long time for an Uber, right? Um, So we've sort of solved that problem. And we've also solved the problem that, you know, if you're a driver, you don't want to get bad passengers. And if you're a passenger, you don't want to get bad drivers. In our case, it doesn't matter. Everybody sees the same thing. (laughs) And and part of the value of decentralization is also is is that uh, you don't have to trust. Right. Uh, the rewards kind of take care of a lot of the the, the trust
0: issues. And the yeah, it's nice that the settlement and the management underneath at a protocol level just is, is, is managed, right? Once you once Just managed, you can...
1: right. And, and, you know, people don't necessarily have to, they, I mean, from a security perspective, they don't have to trust us, right? Because we don't have the ability to mine their data. We don't have the ability to see their data, right? They don't have to trust the node operators because they don't have to, uh, uh, because they can't see the data or mine the data, right? All they have to trust is that, you know, of the 80 or so that are holding a p- on a piece of their data, you know, fewer than, uh, 50 will fail in a certain time period, which again, we've, we've sort of solved that and, and then we just prove it because people have never lost data with us and the people who run nodes, make money and the people who store data get better service, right?
0: That's so. indeed. And so this is a, to some extent, a direct play to compete with cloud or to augment cloud or to, to supplement. Cloud yeah. Yeah. I stages. mean, what, I, I
1: don't think that Amazon is, is quicking in their boots uh, worried about us right now. Um, and, and they shouldn't, right? I mean, and there are going to be use cases where they're always better, right? But we think that there's a huge set of use cases where this is just fundamentally better from an economic, from a environmental, from a performance, from a security standpoint, from a privacy standpoint.
0: Got it. And what are those sort of sweet spots at the moment? Where are you finding the the success or where are you finding those I guess on the supply side, if the economics work, there'll be supply. But maybe on the yeah, demand there's, side, yeah, there's, there's sort of a limit—limitless
1: supply if if all drives in the world are less than 30% full. We can, yeah, we don't yeah, need to. Good. You know the stack of CD-ROMs to the orbit of Mars is back, right? But on the demand side, you know what we're seeing is a range of use cases, almost all of which involve large-ish files. So you know, there's the great, but you know, not fun to talk about at a, at a, at a cocktail party, things like you know, database backups and. File backups, right? Because we want stuff to be stored securely. Then there is video, right? And we are finding that lots of people who are serving video really care about us. Uh, so, for example, we have one of our earliest customers he's a religious broadcaster of all things that you know has a huge library of sermons and things like that that they they deliver to people who are in prison. And as you can imagine, yeah, it's great because they have a captive audience, as they like to say. But you know, the the connectivity isn't great, right? Where they're shooting it to, they don't know what. Content is going to be popular at any one point in time, but we're able to live them to deliver it fast, secure, and in a way that, you know, can also make sure that the people who are running the prisons don't have content coming in that they, they won't allow people to run. So, so that's, that's a big use case. We also are working with a, a great, a great company that is trying to offer a, a safe alternative for, you know, kids with their first cell phone, right? And so they want, kids want to be able to share videos and photos and stuff like that, but you obviously want to keep bad people out and you want to make sure that, you know, (laughs) what gets, gets stored, gets stored in the right way. And so, so we, we enable that for them. Right. And then we have AI and AI is basically from our perspective, it's large files, large language models that need to go to lots of different places around the world and be processed and learned from and develop new models. And we're great at that. So we're, we're very busy with (laughs) use cases that are there. And then, and then, you know, I think over time. You know we're just you know replacing a lot of the more expensive you know infrastructure that's being used not only to store data but really to to make it available right to distribute it
0: okay. and we've talked about demand side and supply side but there's actually kind of an intermediary side in the middle and as a former employee of ibm i've been sheeped at many a time in the the joys and the benefits of ibm cloud and how incredible it is and this is not a sales pitch i promise but yep. there are very many institutions out there who help organizations transform and who help those who are early on their journey to right, uh, you know, not on prem data structures or being able to have data compute storage elsewhere in a kind of right. cloud-based structure are you seeing some of the systems integrators or hyperscalers starting to look at you and think i wonder if if we offered that as our portfolio what would be in it for us or you know are you starting to see some early movers in terms of helping yes yes, it so, yes so
1: we're, we're, we're getting we, we are are sort of Go-to-market-on-demand is largely with partners. So we have systems integrators who are taking us in. We also have people who are, you know, very few businesses want to buy storage per se. They want to buy a backup solution or a video editing solution or a video distribution system, right? And so we partner with the people who do video editing. You know, we just did an announcement with Adobe. You know, we, 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 we partner with backups providers like Acronis. These may be names you know or don't know, right? But, you know, basically, you know, Customers and customers tend to want a complete solution, and we're a we're a we're infrastructure, and so we just need to make it really easy to integrate with us, consume us, and deliver great service on the back end.
0: Interesting. So there's also an enterprise SaaS component of this, where yeah. as infrastructure you kind of plug into a you know video on demand for enterprise yeah, video yeah. editors or whoever it might be.
1: Whatever, whatever it be. exactly. You've, you've exactly got it right, right? So.
0: Not not the most immediately intuitive ecosystem map, right? For somebody who's never worked in this before, who doesn't work for an infrastructure business like a layer one blockchain, as I and some of those watching do, yeah. actually, it's a little bit more complicated. So it feels like you've got a lot of stakeholder management going on Are the, are the conferences and the kind of the, the the events and the AMAs quite busy. They, they are,
1: they are. Right. And, and you know, uh, a lot of our growth of course happened during the pandemic when there was no such thing as an in-person. Conference and uh, you know, but but that's good. We're we're actually a a distributed storage company in more than one more ways than one. We're actually as a company, we have no headquarters. We have people in sixteen countries, not in a hundred countries. But you know, you know, you just get used to doing things asynchronously, if
0: you will. So you you're living the decentralization kind of literally and metaphorically. um, Absolutely, absolutely, in in the business and with the people. And and that's. Promise this wasn't a deliberate segue, but thank you for it nonetheless. I want to talk a little bit about decentralized applications because sure. we haven't used the word blockchain, we haven't used the word Web3 extensively, we mm-hmm. haven't talked about this being a product for, for dApps or this being a product for the blockchain industry, if we can call mm-hmm. it that, very deliberately because it appears that actually your product is decentralized, it's using decentralized technology, but it is not, it is not, it is not a business for blockchains, it's not a product for exclusively blockchain no, no, or blockchain no. dApps.
1: Right, right. and I guess we you know sort of we've always sort of said, hey, there's there's the world of decentralization is a really big concept, and that's kind of what we're trying to do with decentralized storage. One of the tools in uh, decentralization is and out of many is a blockchain, which is great for many things, but it, it tends to get slower as it gets bigger, and it tends to work in minutes, and our customers want things that happen in milliseconds, right. So so you know we don't put that in front of our customers, right. And then even smaller than, than blockchain is, is crypto, which, you know, I I, I hope to never use that <laughs> that word yeah. just because I, I think it, it just... You it's know, a loaded term. It means loaded something term. different to everybody. Right. It means different things to different people, right? And so, you know, for us, the, the use of blockchain is really just for some incentive mechanisms underneath. But most of what we do is just taking really good tool sets from the whole tech sector, right, and applying them to this notion of decentralization where we're better because we're decentralized, not just, you know more private, you know, because we're decentralized.
0: I, th- I think that's a really important way of framing it. And for people who are listening in and paying attention to this, that's, that's a CEO of a decentralized business framing business value of their product rather than starting with, we're different because blockchain.
1: It's, saying, yeah, I, you know, most, most of our users don't care, right? So, so, so about 90% of our usage right now is call it web two apps. They're running on web three infrastructure. And then we do have, like, we have great partnerships with people like Live peer that are doing, you know, transcoding in a decentralized way. We have some decentralized apps that are running on us. We're actually a good way to get a blockchain around the world to lots of different nodes, but that's, you know, the amount of data that, you know, all the NFTs in the world could probably fit on one one CD-ROM or a few CD-ROMs, right? You know, so like that, that's not a market that we're chasing after.
0: Again, some healthy perspective there, because I think when people look at decentralized storage providers, they sort of assume oh, this is essential for propping up Web3, right? If we didn't have this, Web3 would be doomed. In reality, it's actually, it's very, very different.
1: It's very, very different. But but I absolutely believe, right, that, you know, we, think, I care about data, right, but, you know, but I, I think people, you know, we do want to be in a world where people own their own data. And we do want to be in a world where people, you know, aren't mined, right? <laughs> you know, so even though a lot of the data that's on our network is stuff that isn't particularly sensitive, I mean, you know, I mean, in the case of the religious videos, right? They want as many people as possible to be seeing those, right? But, but nonetheless, you know, if, if if you've got your your kids' photos on the other country I was talking about, right? You don't want anybody to see that. You want that. You don't want to be mined. You don't want you don't want that to be owned by anybody other than than you know the end user.
0: Yeah. And
1: decentralization so, helps that.
0: So, so aligned philosophically with the way that kind of blockchains and Web three are going in terms of self sovereignty, dis- distribution, and decentralization of workload of storage, the the way in which apps are architected to ensure that they can't be taken down, that they, they remain as immutable as possible or at least as up up as possible. The non-Web3 term for that is just maximizing uptime.
1: Right. And that's and that's most of our customers that's what they care about. They they care that we have good uptime, they care that we have good performance, they care that we're economical, they care that we have good privacy and good security. The how we deliver it is a sort of a, a very, very secondary thing for them.
0: Yep, and and I think you're starting to see at least some of the m- more mature Web three technologies start talking in terms of what we're enabling is automation through smart contracts. We're enabling decentralization right. of compute. We're enabling uptime of applications. And, that, and that's not, what people hear about, yeah. And, and that's and that's a mature way of talking about the value that you bring. You can talk also philosophically about you know whether whether an app is better to be decentralized or centralized. An enterprise is just going to say no. We're, we're an enterprise, right? We we're enterprise. We have we have a problem to solve, right? We work a certain. I know. By the way, of, you know,
1: if, if if your customers are hospital, like they they care about keeping people alive. They don't they don't care about
0: decentralization of data. You know, it'd be great if it's decentralized, but if if they can't get that data, and this is this is probably a kind of a useful segue into the, what does it take to grow more use of decentralized apps and decentralized tech? It's solve a problem actually provide a yeah. performance benefit to the users who can use you. I mean in your case, you found some early hotspots in video, for example. Right. You found some early hotspots in AI, which right. is only going to increase the volume only going to increase, of data. Right. right. And and we found hotspots in boring but important things like backups. <laughs> you know? So that's and, so and that's it's nice. an easy story to tell or you can present your value clearly at least to an audience in their own terms. When Absolutely. we talk about creating applications that have smart contracts underneath them well if if you if you're building the application your smart contracts need to run quite quickly they don't need to be particularly computationally expensive they shouldn't be transactionally expensive yes you pay for decentralization because you run a network of nodes and that's there's a cost to that in the same way that there is a cost to run compute in the cloud and a cost to run storage in the cloud but if it's astronomically more expensive than having distributed cloud that's still performant and you're probably not going to take down three cloud providers or yeah. you know, there's a pretty low risk. That's a difficult story to tell to somebody who doesn't appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Composability of blockchain technology or the ability for open source technologies to be built upon. upon and right. the way that yeah. ecosystems can create innovation on top of networks. I think that becomes incredibly powerful because if you're an enterprise and you've kind of hoarded all of your software in the middle and all of your database structures and everything else, no one's going anywhere near that. Most of your yeah, own staff don't want to go near that because it's a mess.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely right. I've learned after you know, a career that, you know, spanned open source, including one of the most most successful open source projects of the world, right? you know, what you do to build a big ecosystem is you you make it easy for people to work with you. You make clean interfaces and you're able for people to extend extend the value in ways that you couldn't have possibly imagined, right? And and part of what I, th- I think a lot of sort of decentralized projects get wrong is that they try and create a walled garden with a walled incentive structure and, you know, such a high barrier to entry, like you have to run a node and, and, you know, have specialized equipment and all this other sort of stuff, right? That, that just inherently limits what people can do. If you want to, you know, you what is it, you, uh, you want to go fast, you do it yourself, you want to go far, you do it as, as a team and we want to go far.
0: Absolutely. And let's not forget kind of cap, capital cost of, of playing as well. If you're going to host a node and have to stake at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that
1: just, that, that just makes it not working in our case. Right. Our, our node operators don't have to run a node. I mean, the, our node operators are basically people who have got a spare, have a drive running in, they have spare capacity, right? So there's almost no additional cost, almost no additional startup and they can get it back. Right. And we love that it's better for our network. But right? it also, because we've structured it that way, the consequences we're actually much better for the, for the environment, right? We're much greener, right? Because we're basically t- storing data on drives that have already been built, spun, run, right? Everything that makes us economical also makes us, makes us green. And I think for green solutions to survive, just like decentralized solutions to survive, there has to be a powerful economic reason as well as, you know, a good, you know, moral reason or ethical reason, right?
0: Very good. What else do you think kind of Web3 can learn from Docker? I think we were sort of starting to go down that road a little bit, but you mentioned yeah. composability. And I should right? say, I
1: mean, I, I, I've, I've not been at Docker for a long time. I can't, you know, speak for for the company. I'm obviously big fans. I love what they're doing. Right? But you know, Docker very early on embraced open source, right? And embraced an open community and said, the community is much bigger than we are, right? So at its, you know, at least the time I left, right? I think 90 percent of the code was written by people outside of the Docker organization. Almost all of the Marketing and the learning was being done by people in meetups who had, you know, only a, a connection, right? Of course, lots of people were building on top it around it, right? And, and I think that, you know, the lesson that we had was that yes, you know, you do things that way, you've got to deal with Discord and you've got to deal with the, the as in like real Discord, not not the not the platform Discord, right? You've got, to deal, you've got to deal with differences of opinion and you know communities, all communities are noisy and have, you know, people with different incentives or priorities and that's good right if you embrace that then you can get really big and really useful really really soon and you just have to be willing to put your (laughs) ego in check if you will right and 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 let the let the world guide you in the right direction
0: very good and there's parallels there right i mean I, i suspect a lot of what you've described there are the key success factors for an open source protocol Sure, That's- and as you as you can imagine,
1: we, we we hear very very frequently from people who are running nodes, and they have things that they care about, <laughs> and customers have things that they care about, and people work for the company and things that they care about, right? And people in places where electricity is expensive care about different things, and people who live in areas where capital is, hey, it's 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 interesting, right? But but I think by again, you know, if if you're going to be doing a decentralized project, you have to not only listen to the community but empower them, right, and hope, you know, if you do this right, ten times as much money is made by the community as is made by you as the centralized entity, and that's good, right? Because you're you're making a really big pie rather than optimizing the angle of your slice.
0: And, and it's it's obviously inspiring to hear that, but I think so many business leaders in the world are not trained in that as a way of thinking, right? right. The, the the capitalism model, the accounting model, the strategic model of how most businesses are run is defeat others, capture as much of the market as you can, right. don't share, protect your IP, you know, protect what's yours.
1: Right. Right. And, and, and I, I get it. Right. And, and yet, you know, if, if I may, the, the biggest lesson of capitalism is, you know, give up control and great things happen, right? The, the economy gets much bigger if, if you're not trying to, and, and if you're not trying, you know, if, if you're saying, Hey, align people's incentives, with what you want as an outcome, and if the outcome is, you know, if 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 people want to improve their own lives, and in doing so they make the economy bigger and they make the you know or your or your ecosystem bigger, that's great. <laughs> that's great.
0: So yeah, I think there's a shortage of, in, of ecosystem incentive economists out there. I think that there are, there are an increasing number of token economists now. But I think it goes up just but, but yeah, but they're, they're
1: there. looking at, you know, supply and demand of like tokens as a, as a security, as opposed to <laughs> an it ecosystem,
0: Exactly. It's a, it's a slightly more narrow or more specific art, right? You don't want to make sure that supply and demand outweighs itself and that an ecosystem can sustain, but actually the outcomes of what the ecosystem that is being incentivized by that token and how you, right. how you arrange that. I mean, that's giga brain stuff. And I, I don't know anyone who successfully architected that from start and said, "This is exactly how I planned it would be." <laughs> yes, <laughs>
1: everybody recursively, you know, justifies their life and their and their project and uh, things like that.
0: There we go. I'd like to ask for some guidance, if I may. So obviously you've had a, you've had a stellar career. You've worked in some very impressive organizations and have spent a, a bit of time at storage as well now. And so you've, you've got to see software development, startup development from a whole bunch of different angles. Mm-hmm. For people listening into the show and, and looking at decentralized storage, considering Web3, considering maybe sort of building on storage or building with storage or yeah. just building decentralized applications in general, what would be your guidance to them to help them get started or to learn from what you've seen in the last few years?
1: Uh, It's a really good question. So I I think, you know, maybe number one is be able to answer really quickly why decentralization is better than the existing alternative. And and if the answer involves having to explain what a blockchain is, (laughs) you know that you're probably not going to succeed, right? Uh, and and if the answer is oh because some underlying token or crypto asset will go to the moon because of speculation then that's also a bad thing to do right and then i think it gets very quickly to normal company and community building which is you know do you really really care about this do you really really believe in it are you willing to devote 5 to 10 years of your life to it and will you be happy even if it if it fails because seven out of 10 startup sale, right? And you will be going through a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of, you know, and a lot of difficulty, even for the ones that are successful, right? And so I guess my my maybe, that, maybe I'd summarize that is, the end has got to be really good and make sense to you and to a lot of other people as well.
0: I like the way you put that. It's like, it's gonna be three or four years of hard work. And at the end of it, will you feel better for doing it? Right. If you're, if you're grinding every day, spending time away from your family, feeling miserable, yelling at your colleagues and friends and generally kind of declining in your quality of life, because the outcome at the end of it will be worth everything. You've kind of missed out on the point of the journey.
1: Yeah. 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 And I, 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 I I say I've been CEO of four startups. And during that that time, I also, you know, had three kids, which I I think I've successfully (laughs) raised, right. But clearly you have to choose where you put your time and effort and, and, and be balanced. And, and internally certainly any startup is a, is a marathon. It's not a, it's not a sprint and, and it's actually maybe not even a marathon is not the right thing. Maybe it, it's a, it's a, a, a marathon and a relay, right? So you're there with a the team that's also running and, and you only succeed if the, if the team reaches the, the finish line.
0: So. There we go. In in the most creative of all of the metaphors that we've used today, a very good one. Life life and business is a marathon relay. There we go. There uh, we go. go. I like that. Pro- profound. I love it. I I, if, if I'm, I will use that. If, if okay. with your permission, I will use that again. You you, you um, have
1: my permission. It, it's all uh, open source under a Creative Commons license.
0: And, so and for people who want to find out more about storage, what's coming up for you guys next? How can they find out more about what you're doing? Uh, what would you point people towards? I mean, honestly, come to
1: the website or come to the community. We've got, you know, we, we sort of pride ourselves on transparency. So we've got a ton of information. If you're a customer, if you want to be a storage node operator, if you want to do both. And, you know, there's, there's lots of fun demos on this side. I didn't set it up here, but you know, you can, you can watch videos stream directly from a thousand different points around the world. And it's, it's kind of a good way to sort of internalize what's happening here.
0: Love that. And that was one of the questions that we had in the comments from VJ, who had asked, you know, are there any specific streaming use cases or doesn't have to be real time, but are there examples of streaming of news events, oracles for smart contracts? And I think we talked about some with some uh, those, yeah. the first example with there being religious material that they want to beam out to prison locations, videos on your website that people can go check out. yes, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so video is a great use case because it, it, it's, it's big files that need to get to lots of places. Right. Then we also have you know, one of our uh, best partners is actually the University of Edinburgh, which is part of a consortium with the university in Leicester and one in uh, Cambridge, I believe, and you know, one's working on physics, one's working on genomics, one's working on genomics, and they're all generating lots and lots of data that needs to go to lots of different, you know, other research institutions around the world, and they're uploading, you know, terabytes and soon petabytes of data, right, that needs to get, get streamed around the world, and that, that may not be as much fun to watch, but I don't know. I, I find it as inspiring as the cat videos.
0: There you go. Yeah, the, the, the barrier to kind of enjoying it as much as the cat videos is probably a little bit higher, but regardless, another good use yes, case. Yes, so unfortunately, <laughs> yes.
1: Storage is a hard thing to demo, right? Because it's like, oh, well, the, the, here are bits that used to be ones, and now there's zeros, and the zeros are now ones, and it's still there. That's a good thing, right? Uh,
0: Brilliant. Well, I've certainly learned a thing or two, and hopefully this has made the con- concept of decentralized storage where it's useful, why it's useful, how to talk about it, how it's being used today, more accessible to most. So Ben, I'm incredibly grateful you've joined us today. Thank you so much. Wishing you and the team all the very, very best and stay safe out there. Oh, thank
1: you. And great, great questions. It's a pleasure to be on the show.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Blockchain Won't Save the World podcast. As always, opinions in this episode are mine and those of my guests alone. If you wanna find out more, please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Check out some of the other episodes on the Blockchain Won't Save the World podcast and check out the YouTube channel, also called Blockchain Won't Save the World. Stay safe out there.